0: Hey everybody, welcome into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. This is the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. Hey, it's the game, so we have all hands on deck for this one. Spencer Holbrook joining us for this practice report ahead of the game. Tim May, you know him. Jeremy Birmingham, I am Austin Ward. Saturday at noon in the big house, it's Ohio State and Michigan, the number two Buckeyes. And I'm not even sure where Michigan will rank in these college football playoff rankings tonight, but it's going to be a top ten matchup. Why are you sure the Buckeyes are going to be number two? Uh, I guess maybe I shouldn't have said that at all. It's going to be a top ten matchup. Yeah. Who knows where they're going to be? Uh, Ohio State, uh, as I keep saying, they they could finish number one because they close out the schedule and try and get three wins. But if you look at this, guys,
1: what's the number one storyline uh, for these Buckeyes as you get ready for Saturday? Tim. Starting with me. Number one uh, is is the Michigan offense really for real. Uh, clearly from the uh, second half of the Penn State game on, they've been a different group making plays, et cetera. Shea Patterson has played like a lot of people thought he would a couple of years ago. A lot of people thought he was a bust going into this year. He's proven he's not. Nico Collins, they finally discovered that guy's a hell of a player. (laughs) Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think uh, the number one storyline is how Michigan has refound its offense. Spencer?
2: Uh, I just think it's going to be Ohio State's defensive line. I think if Ohio State's defensive line can get uh, to Shea Patterson pretty easily, which I think they can, I think uh, Shea's going to have a really long day. He struggles a little bit when he throws on the run. You saw him throw a bad interception last year on the run to Jordan Fuller. Uh, So if Ohio State's defensive line can get to Shea Patterson, I think it's going to be a really long day for the Wolverines.
0: All this talk about the Michigan offense, I, I. I cannot shake Berm, the memory of Iowa 10-3. to uh, They still only finished with 21 points in that game against Penn State. I, I, I'm just not going to buy – the turnaround of the Wolverines defense until they actually do it against somebody that matters. You mean offense, yeah. Sorry, this this Wolverines offense until they do it against the Ohio State defense.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't know exactly what I buy. I know that if Shea Patterson, as Spencer said, has time to throw, he's a way different quarterback than when he doesn't have time to throw. Their receivers are way better if they have time to run 30 yards down the field and nobody covers them. (laughs) I mean, that's pretty clear. But (laughs) for me, the biggest thing about this week is Justin Fields and his he 100%. Is there a lingering thumb issue on the non-throwing hand? Is the ankle fine? Because as we're sh- seeing the weather forecast start to shape up, you're going to have a grinder on Saturday if it's 35 degrees and one to three inches of snow and sleet. It's going to come down to which quarterback
0: yeah. which quarterback holds onto the ball. I can't believe that you think the Justin Fields' health is trumping the weather. That's your that's yeah. the same thing yeah. you watch more than anything else. That's true. Uh, but to me, those are the things because I
3: think they go hand in hand. The the worse the weather is, the more Justin Fields is going to be forced to make plays uh, with his legs. If it comes down to a one-dimensional game on either side, Ohio State it has a major advantage because the Buckeyes are two-dimensional within their one-dimensional offense. Right. And now
1: let me defend myself. The reason I said this is because, you know, the big question was where was Michigan's offense all year? Yeah, I mean, they haven't played against a uh, great, great against competition. Maryland, like, good, good for well, you. I know. But, I mean, the bottom line is they, they are – they have been more offensive <laughs> the last <laughs> several weeks. The question is, is that for real? That's what, you know, they're going to find out for sure against a Chase Young-led Ohio State defense. I think that the question about the weather is interesting because –
0: uh, you hear this all the time when Ohio State's getting ready. Like, oh, that'll neutralize it. That'll even out the talent. I don't think so. Like, both teams are going to be affected by the weather. Exactly. And if Michigan, they really struggle to run the football. Jim Harbaugh has never done anything to upgrade that offensive line. Ed Warner was supposed to really take them to the next level. That has not happened. And as Spencer alluded to with that defensive line matchup, I don't, I just struggle to see how the Wolverines, if they're forced to run, how that's going to work against Devon Hamilton, Jay Sean Cornell, Robert Landers. Uh, by the way, Chase Young out there on the edge. Maybe maybe this is a game where you throw Jonathan Cooper out there to help. Who knows? They've yeah. still got that in their back pocket. But mm-hmm. I just, you know, I don't see it, and I don't I don't believe it. I've said this to Berm a hundred times, and you on your podcast, and i like, the, as long as I've been around this game, it's the same thing with Michigan every year. They they've got the momentum, they're turning it around and it's never happened when it really matters. Yeah,
1: and you know, what well, you brought up uh,
0: is
3: the fact that I mean, it's happened when it really matters. Yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe not did since they win? You, since not did, since did you Did they win the game? Not since you've been around covering all state. My, but I, it has happened. And for those it's of us who've been around, years, it hasn't happened. For those of us who've been around when it has happened, it's hard to but erase everyone, those memories. Everyone right, was yeah. just
0: in there in the Woody talking to Tough Borland, like, are you worried about history and what happened in the 90s or 1969? Well, he doesn't he wasn't remember. Even, he he wasn't even doesn't born. remember. That's so nobody in this facility. My, is aware of that happening. I, they are used to a tradition of success. In well, you know, be,
1: but what beware, happened? beware, expecting things to happen because of what just happened is my is the point that uh, Burm right. is making, and I would be making. And in fact, what you're saying, real quick, before we move on, the he's four, been waiting to jump the, this four, just the four wheel drive I'll aspect of it. this Ohio State offense has been obvious to everyone all year, in my opinion. And what's really stood out to me is in the. Maybe the three biggest tests they've had offensively against good rush defenses, Ryan Day has commanded run it down their throat, and they've done it. And the, you know, so if anybody has an advantage, I think, in inclement weather, if in fact running is better, you know, you've heard me say if the wind isn't blowing real hard and it's not raining real hard or snowing real hard. Sometimes it's easier to throw the ball in those, those kind of conditions. Wind
3: well, is supposed but to be this, 15 to but this State line. So Let's just be clear. Yeah, yeah. The, it's but this Ohio State offensive line of has way.
1: been getting it done, and I don't think that's going to change. Director of recruiting and weather.
2: I, I, my question for this game is: Ohio State knows where its yards can come from. Ohio State can run the ball; they know that. Hassan Haskins and Zach Charbonnet are going to see a defense that they have not seen all year. They have not seen anything like what Ohio State's defensive front can provide. If if Michigan expects to get into a game where they're at second, nine, and third, and six all game long, that's not going to work. <laughs> You're not going to be able to move the ball. So Ohio State's yards are going to come from running the ball and setting up the play action through that. I want to know where Michigan's yards come from if the weather's bad because I don't think it comes on the ground and it's going to be really hard to throw the ball. You just don't get know. It, get it out You out, don't bro. know.
3: You just don't know. I mean, and that's Ryan right. Day brought this up in, in his press conference today, and it's actually funny because I was speaking to one of the Ohio State social media people in the hallway, and they were like, you look – uncertain. I'm like, you know, 2 years ago, if if JT Barrett doesn't get hit by a camera guy, Ohio State loses that game. Like, anything can happen. And weird things happen when these two teams are on the field. And I know it sounds crazy. The spot. Crazy. 2016, I mean, the spot. 2017, the, the camera guy. Like, weird things happen. And eventually,
2: 2015. and eventually... over And
3: eventually, the wheel turns back the other way. And I, I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know it's going to happen this weekend. I don't think it's going to happen. Ohio State's a better team. Yeah. Ohio State's a better team. Ohio State should win this game by two touchdowns. But you can't...
1: Take it for granted. You can't
3: just ignore the scars that this game left on my heart when I was a teenager. I,
0: I love the par- you can't. I love the paranoia in Berm for this because we, you know, Ohio state talks about it. They have their team up North periods and they emphasize the rivalry and have the clock going all year. Well, I think Berm and I talk about uh, the Michigan, Ohio state rivalry every single day that, that we work yes. together. And it's just funny to me. I know that he's gone through very different experiences because this is my eighth time being uh, in the big house or the horseshoe for one of these rivalries. And, Every time I've seen it, you've seen a lot more of them, he's seen a lot more of them, Spencer grew up with it. I just know what I've seen. And that's what these same guys that are gonna be playing the game, that's all they've experienced. They don't know what it's like to lose. And that's, I think one of the reasons that you see these cycles last as long as they do, is once you get stuck in it, it's hard to turn the wheel.
1: It's gonna come down, these games always come down to a play, a pivotal play, sometimes a seminal play. I mean, maybe may be the, you know, just like the spot, In 2016, like, you know, uh, we were talking to Pete Werner. I asked Pete Werner, what was your view of the spot? Because he was talking about uh, what he remembered, (laughs) what what got him to come to Ohio State, pushed him over the edge, was watching uh, Curtis Samuel score untouched, what, from 19 yards away or whatever it was on that run. But the play before that was the spot, you know, and Ohio State got a favorable spot, and the replay didn't overplay. But, I mean, right on down the line, there are plays throughout history in this game that have flipped it one way or the other. Fourth and 18 inches, Greg Fry, you know, they call – the option in 1990. I don't think they run the option all year. They call the option Greg Fry pitches and uh, Butler Benotti probably still running with the ball right now as we speak. But but he didn't. Sean
3: Springs slipped. Sean Springs
1: slipped. Now that didn't cost them the game. That only put them down nine to seven. But they didn't score in the second half after starting Joe Germain for the first time all year. There are all these little things like like Berm says that are etched in your mind both pro and con for Ohio State and Michigan which means you never you never just when you think it's gone irre- irrevocably or irretrievably the other way, it can turn. All right. This is the practice report brought to you by Byers Auto. We've talked about the rivalry there. Watch, the it'll be like 50 to nothing
0: on the, Saturday. The history so lesson. <laughs> why don't you go for two? Let's, yeah. you know, can't go for three. Let's look ahead to this particular Saturday. And, Berm, you alluded to the, the health of Justin Fields. I think that will be uh, maybe the dominant thing to watch uh, come Friday with the availability report. He's not going to be listed on it uh, through you know, what Tim and I and Berm have all heard and what uh, Spencer's been around here looking at this guy. He was running up the tunnel on Saturday. I think he was already uh, feeling fine and not feeling those bruises, but he's not
1: 100%. I swear, I mean, when I watched that replay, his ankle, he he was getting the business. Uh, He took one for the team. Not on his ankle. About halfway up his body. He was it looked to me like tell me when to stop looked like me yeah right about there he he looked to me like he was taking the business and you don't jump just jump up but then you start to feel better progressively those of you who have taken the business from someone (laughs) and uh that's what i saw from that i think he's going to be fine he did take a lick and he was holding his left arm or wrist quite a few times in that game anybody could see that i mean i'd be you know if i was concerned about Ohio, about him that's what i'd be concerned about and that may have happened on the, f- in the fumble in the exactly. first exactly
3: when he has holding the ball in his left hand and a, and a helmet hits the ball in his hand and yeah i i don't know that that impacts anything with how he throws the ball it certainly impacts things how he carries the football mm-hmm. and again he fumbled two more times after that in the game and both times the ball was in that hand and I don't know just little things you look at yeah. and you start to wonder is it could that be an issue especially in a game where there could be weather
2: i think we also have to remember though it's week 14. you know alabama's got injuries clemson has injuries
3: who's hurt on alabama
2: every single team in the country is is not at 100 <laughs> every quarterback in the country is not at 100 so newspaper. we know that justin fields it's yeah he's not 100 but we could say that about anybody so i don't i don't think this is going to be an issue for him especially He's lived in this rivalry now for 11, 10 or eleven months. Yeah. He knows what it means to Ryan Day. He, I'm sure, he's heard what it means. But to it's going to be
3: cold out, and it's,
2: it doesn't matter what the weather. He's going from to be Georgia. Unless you're a cameraman from Toledo, and so I, I think he's across from the, 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 the depot.
1: <laughs> I, no, he's right. But you know, the bottom I think I think naive is a good thing to have sometimes in games like this. I agree. I mean, I'm, you know, look at Chris Olave last year. He was just going in there balling. I mean, okay. two touchdowns, catches, a block punt. Are you kidding me? Those were those were game changing plays. And, you know, in three or four years ago, he probably didn't even watch Ohio State, Michigan. I would yeah, think.
0: About at, at nine a.m. out there. Yeah,
1: and everybody thinks you got to be from in state to really feel it. And I, I don't buy that. It, I've never bought that. If that was the case, then Joe Namath would never had a chance against Auburn. You know, we played for Alabama. <laughs> you know, I mean, just going back to my childhood. I mean, some of the great players, Eddie George was from Pennsylvania. Uh, right on down the line, some of the great players who played this game and left their mark. Austin's, Crimson from, Tide quarterbacks getting a lot of attention. Yeah. Austin's no, from
2: just, Wyoming. <laughs> he understands. Austin's uh, from Wyoming. He understands the rivalry. By, by the way,
1: by the way, two Tagovailoa suffered a major injury. Oh, is no. he hurt? <laughs> yeah, I, so, I wouldn't. I would yeah. quite put that on the same <laughs> level. Here's two things that I think play in Ohio State's favor
3: because I know I'm sounding doomy and gloomy, right? Usually, a, that's usually how you sound. this A, thing. the third quarter of the Penn State game is a wake-up call that Ohio State desperately needed for when things go bad, right? Because they've been so good and so dominant all year long. And B, the fact that Michigan's coming into this game probably feeling pretty good about themselves, I think, is a major benefit to Ohio State, as opposed to an injured dog limping into that game that has nothing to lose. And this team, you know, they can't win the Big Ten. They can ruin Ohio State's season. They see these well, things as— They can't as, do that either. Well, they— yeah, they can run an undefeated season. They can put a mark they on they it. Can, they, they can, can leave an indelible it. mark. Uh, they can damage it, and, they, and I think those things work in the Buckeyes' favor because I, I don't think that there's really any chance that they would have come into this game like overconfident or, or thinking there's no way they can lose. But I, I do think that you need that little shot, that little poke to say, hey, things can go wrong here in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michigan coming in feeling like they are uh, playing on the same level as Ohio State is good.
2: I think the more talk that you get about 1969, 1995, 1997, all of these heartbreaks. Don't forget for 96. Ohio State, 96 whatever the these yeah. years were I wasn't alive so I don't know.
3: Yeah, I was. I was but there.
2: I think that's almost that. a good thing for Ohio State because they've heard they it's, never they didn't know what was going on with any of this. They had no clue that it was there. And now everybody's like, "Well, don't make sure you don't do this." And they're like, "Okay, yeah." Let's make sure that we don't have the have that because it I
0: don't it, think it's going to matter. It's not going to matter one bit. All that happened, some of it happened 30 years before Okay, pullover. It's like, I'm, it's
1: I'm, like saying make sure the plane you're on doesn't crash. I get you have no here's real the control thing, over it. Here's that. the thing for older people, you know, when planes did crash a lot more often, you know? <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, I was thinking about that as I'm going. driving here. No, I was thinking about that as I was driving here. I agree with you from the standpoint of I don't think history dictates anything. And then I had uh, Ben Hartsock and Craig Krenzel on my podcast this week and and Ben Hartsock made a good point. You know, when you're caught up in something and it's not going well over a span of time and then one little thing goes wrong in a game, Mm -hmm. you think, you have a propensity to think, oh, here we go again, you know, as opposed to one little thing goes right yeah. for the team that's got it going, and you go, here he goes, you know, because a lot of lot, a lot of those Michigan Ohio State games in the nineties when when John Cooper went two ten and one, Ohio State could have won those games with a player two. and Ohio State was the better team, and vice versa, exclusively, and vice versa since two thousand and one, yeah. those games all hands. I mean 2000, 2002, Will Allen intercepts a ball at the goal line on the last play, Michigan's throwing to the going, throwing to the end zone, so. You know, the, you know, the spot, as we just talked about, yeah. plays – somebody makes a play and that turns it. And sometimes it's early, sometimes it's late, but it
0: happens. And somebody – that somebody last year was Chris Olave. I think if you'd have asked us uh, last year on that Tuesday yes. to name 20 players that were going to swing the game, we wouldn't have got to him. So, But we kept hearing about him. Absolutely. So maybe I shouldn't even phrase it this way, but if there's a dark <clears throat> horse guy who can swing the game, you can pick a Michigan player if you want, but it's uh, one of our fans is going
1: behind us right now. But go ahead. My
0: expectation is that it's going to be on the Ohio State side. But if you pick somebody who can swing this game, who's going to be coming out of the radar, Olave style, Spencer, I'll start with you. Who would you have?
2: Well, if I if I was put on on a lie detector test and had to pick somebody from Michigan, I didn't a, I didn't see you had to do that. No, but if I was, I would pick Aiden Hutchinson, the de- the defensive lineman. I think he can he can wreck a game if, if when he's if he's called upon to. But I think for Ohio State, it's, it's got to be Garrett Wilson. That's probably the obvious answer. Mm-hmm. But But you see this meteoric rise that Garrett Wilson has kind of taken. And, you know, he fields punts. He does a lot of stuff in the bubble screen game. Even if it's a key block, you know, that stuff kind of goes. He's kind of an unsung hero for that if that happens. But those kind of moments are just as important as a 51-yard touchdown catch or something like that. So I think it's got to be Garrett Wilson, and I don't think it happens with, you know, maybe it doesn't happen with a touchdown catch, but it might happen with a punt return, it might happen with a kick return, or it might happen with a block. i
0: let Spencer you know, go first so that you can have Garrett Wilson. I know.
1: See, now I'm looking at, uh, well, I was going to say Garrett Wilson, I'm going to go to another, <laughs> another direction because I'm, I'm thinking I'm like a 1960s air traffic control, that big screen, the radar screen. Yeah. Garrett Wilson's blipping. He's, been, he's been blipping. If he's not blipping, man, <laughs> you, you, you need to change your radar. But over here, this little light blip that doesn't have his transponder turned on yet, that's what, you know, enhances your radar image, is Jameson Williams, for example. Uh, that could be interesting because uh, that that could be a Chris Olave kind of guy where, okay, you got this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. He may be the fastest guy on the field. Yeah. You know, it just takes a moment for something like that to happen. But, you know, uh, that's, what I, that's the way I would go because I think that there are five or six Ohio State receivers that should be, Loud and clear yeah. on Michigan's radar. Two receivers we got, bro. We've, I
3: mean, speaking of a blip that we know about, but to me it's Sean Wade because he's
1: a game-changer
3: type player. Like, he finds a way to be around the football in pivotal moments of yeah. football games. And he maybe not get – he doesn't get all the credit. I think we're going to see Jeffrey Okuda lined up with Nico Collins most of the day, and that's going to be a, a premier matchup of two of the best players in the country yeah. at their position. But I just feel like Sean Wade's the dude that makes things happen. And when he's – Floating around, he's moving from the slot, moving out, outside, back to safety, stepping up to
1: the line, blitzing. I just feel like he's the guy that makes a play in that
3: game that changes
1: things. Yeah, just think if he'd intercepted that first pass and went through his hands okay. and Hambler actually caught. Okay. I mean, there. I mean, he is. I agree, Burm. I mean, with Berm, that uh, he just yes. sometimes he puts himself <sighs> in that position. Sometimes circumstances find him, but it's really uncanny how that happens. I've got this guy. I'm, I'm looking at <clears throat> him. He's a
0: he's a captain.
1: He's a junior, he's a
0: defensive end. Uh, he wears number two. He's that's really, not off the oh, radar. Okay. I, oh, <laughs> I, was, I, was gonna, I just want to see how long I can go. A, that's a uh, Chase,
1: Airbus uh, 380. So, oh, so Chase, yeah, that's like come. Air Force One. Okay. Yeah. Jeremy Ruckert. <laughs> clear, uh, clear all airspace, here comes Air Force One.
0: Jeremy Rucker. this could be a game where you might see uh, Ohio State saved it up. I know it's cliche to talk about this team and, and then maybe they'd throw it to the tight ends, but you know, Justin Fields looked for, to him for a pretty big third down conversion against penn state tough catch near the sideline uh and he's also out there a lot doing a lot more blocking than people pay you know they expect him just to make catches yeah the fact that ohio state is trusting him to hold up in a lot of these 11 personnel situations that you saw jeremy ruckert out there uh, a good deal against penn state i think that's going to continue you know that doesn't mean i think he's going to go get six or seven catches but he might score a touchdown in this game that you're not really expecting so I try to go a little bit off the radar. He's another one that flips for me. Change,
1: changing my level of radar down to the ocean area. He's more like a. And I think he's still on there barely as a rum runner. You know what I mean? Rum runner boat. I don't know that and is, you didn't catch him all. Two. <laughs> but but I mean that. Yeah. You know, but you're you're right. I mean, see, I mean, I'm writing about this later in the week for our, for our, uh, for our lettermanroad.com, Is that th- this Ohio State offense, man? Uh, you know, we're not overselling it. They've got answers. I mean, they've got options that. I think is the deepest amount of options of any team I've ever covered at Ohio State from because they've got coaches that are coming up with them, but they got the players to fulfill them, like Jeremy Ruckert, like Luke Farrell, uh, like Garrett Wilson. These and then of course two stud running backs and J.K. Dobbins and Master Teague the third. Funny, yeah. We don't even talk about KJ Hill and Austin Mack and Benjamin
3: Victor. And KJ Hill is about to become the all-time leading receiver in school history, and it. You know, I think it's it just goes to show what this program has been built to be when you can talk about these fifth or sixth or seventh wide receivers and the second string tight end, or and yeah. and it seems like it's not even missing a beat. And I think it just speaks to the remarkable depth that this team has, and it's why there's no reason they should lose to
2: but Michigan. But you know what? Us. He
1: brought up a great point a minute ago because, like, you know, we were sitting there in the press box. Crystal Lavie would have had – two touchdown passes last year, last, I mean, yeah. last week early. Uh, the big pass, was because Justin Fields had to move, step left and move and avoid way, a rusher. Yeah. And through late, Although you know, Olave had like a, what, a whole city block head start, and they were able to catch up. Like Aiden Hutchinson, he's the kind of guy that could be that guy suddenly in Justin Fields' face on Saturday. You don't know how about, these games are gonna go.
2: We haven't even talked about Justin Fields from a sense where we've talked about the injury, we've talked about how the offense can do it if Michigan's defense but I mean, this is the game where justin fields can submit his legacy
0: is there too much to talk about yeah yeah there is that's why i'm going to bring it home right now on the practice report brought to you by Bob drive Bob. it home i cannot wait berm said it and it's that score prediction time i gotta save him for last he said there's no reason they should lose but i can't wait just to see where his mind really is so spencer what do you got on saturday at noon
2: um i've been saving this quote for a while you can't plant potatoes against indiana and expect potato salad against ohio state <laughs> 34. That's pretty good. Whoa! I wait, man, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! That's pretty. Sprinkle it on the potato. That's pretty Yowza. good, man. I
1: think Just throw some sour cream on there now. I
2: think thirty-four <laughs> twenty-one Ohio State. I, I think Ohio State uh, jumps out to an early lead. You might take a punch from Michigan uh, midway through the second half, but I think, but I think this game is controlled by Ohio State throughout.
1: I'm gonna go with the same dual-headed uh, pick I had last week on the radio was forty-five twenty-one if the weather is decent. That they, you know, you can still throw the ball, and uh, they don't decide to just tuck it. And 38-17 uh, 30, Ohio State, if, in fact, the weather is inclement.
3: Berm? 21-13 Buckeyes. Wow. Classic. Uh, I, I really think that by the middle of the second half, it's going to be a sloppy, sloppy field and a sloppy game. I think it's just going to come down to who's controlling the line of scrimmage. I don't think Michigan can do that against them. Uh, and I think at that point it turns into Justin Fields and J. K. Dobbins versus Shea Patterson and Zach Charbonnet or um, the other running back Simon there. Adkins? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I I don't know that those two are gonna outduel Justin Fields and J. K. Dobbins if it comes down to to two dudes trying to, to run the football. But and, we're
1: talking about offensive lines, right too. I mean yeah, sure. I mean, and yeah. I, I
3: know that you know Ed Warner, his legacy as an offensive line coach here, I, I know that he's People like to to mock
1: him a little bit, but
3: what he did with the offensive line here was pretty spectacular. Yeah, it's not working up there, I haven't either. seen that um, in Ann Arbor yet. And I don't know if that's just because the, they've been so disjointed offensively. The speed and space thing, they're a lot faster than they were last year on offense, but they're still not faster than the Buckeyes defense. I don't see them beating the Buckeyes to the corner. I don't see them beating the Buckeyes you know, uh, laterally and, if they don't have time to beat them vertically, I don't see how they score more than two
1: touchdowns. I didn't know we, we got three minutes to give our pr- predictions. Well, when I would have taken got more the, time. He's got got scars, so man. much he's, pain inside of me, Tim. <laughs>
0: Ohio State went 42-10. This has been the practice report. Brought to you by wait,
1: wait, 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 real quick before you sign off. 42-10? How huge how is this game for Greg Madison? And Al Washington Jr. There's no question. I mean, are you kidding me? You know, Greg Madison felt like he was withering on the vine up there, and Al Washington Jr. gets to come on and play coach where his dad played, and they were just up there in that other dressing room a year ago. Yeah. I mean, that that's that's crazy. That's why Michigan won't score. Those guys will be fired up. They've got a uh, you know
0: as more as much or more talent on defense as anybody in the country, and. As I, I've already said, that I don't believe in Michigan's offense, so we'll see that yeah. Saturday in the Big House. we will be there to cover it for you, as always. Spencer Holbrook, Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham. I'm just Austin Ward. We'll see you with full coverage all week. It's the game. We'll see you there. Step into the world of power,
1: loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family